When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Three minutes past nine o'clock this morning. It is the 29th of February 2024. Louis Herman Watt here for a very quick, sharp hour to get you through till 10 o'clock when you will get exactly what you're after. Test cricket between Australia and New Zealand live from the Basin Reserve. Ian Smith, Daniel McCarty, Jared Waitley, Bararat. Uh, we've got Adam Collins. We've got a wonderful lineup. I think. Grant Elliott's managed to crowbar himself in there as well as Jeremy Coney. So what a wonderful roster we have for you to get our test series against Australia underway from 10 o'clock. I'll handle it off to them and get the bloody hell out of the way so you can enjoy some test cricket coverage. But we're going to get through to 10 o'clock. So what do we want to do? I want to talk to you on double eight double three. I'd love to get your text messages coming through. And on 0800 150 811, I'd love to hear from you throughout the morning as well. Because we've got, uh, obviously, the test cricket to talk about. Um, you might want to talk a, talk a little bit of racing with me. You might want to talk a little bit of anything with me. And you can do that on 0800 150 811. But seriously, how are you feeling? Emotionally, morning of, against uh, before we take on Australia at Basin Reserve. I actually am doing fine. But... And don't bite my head off. My expectations are limited. So I'm just not going to let myself get carried away to be crushed. I want this so bad. I know you want this so bad, but you might be doing what I'm doing and just monitoring your own expectations. And if you are, give me a call. And if you're not and you just think we're going to win, then I really want to hear from you because I am am so keen to talk myself into just being really, really, really – Delulu about this test series, okay? I'd love to just say we're going to get in there and mop them up. I'd love to be able to do it. Can you make me get there? Give me a call. 0800 Uh I want to talk a little bit of racing as well. Very disappointing abandonment out of Hastings yesterday. We've got the Derby fields for Saturday's racing. Um, I've got a bit of news I need to let you know around that. Um, I might tip you one at Wingatui. There's a perennial place Getter, that is just a great bet. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, we've got um, a little bit of breakers news to get to with Finn in the kitchen there. The breakers just surviving, hanging in there, scrapping to the death. Absolutely love it. We'll talk to Finn about the breakers and how they kept their season alive last night as well. But at five minutes past nine, I reckon we'll get the show off underway with a bit of golf. With a very good pal, Gordon Finlater of News Hub, outstanding journalist, funny that. And he's down there at uh, the New Zealand Open. Um, He was booked to be there. I was glad to see he made it down to Central Otago before the rug was pulled. Morning, Gord. How are you going? Give us the the scene set, would you? Where are you? Weather and track conditions, please. Well, uh, uh, you've really talked me in there. Like, here he is. He's at the golf. And I'm currently in my hotel room in uh, in Queenstown. Um, Obviously, you can imagine from the... uh, the news of uh, what's happening to the newsroom at News Hub. There were quite a few beverages had last night, so uh, there's a bit of <laughs> dust to settle this morning. But, hey, look, that's nothing that a wee run across the river down to Frankton and back couldn't fit. So, mate, I am good to go for the golf today. This is one of the 
it's one of the weeks, one of the great weeks in the South Island. Got to tell you, down there at Millbrook the last couple of days, beautiful sunshine. You've got the Remarkables in the background. And look, some pretty darn good golfers as well. And I think this is the year. You've got to remember, it's not since 2017 that a Kiwi's actually won our home open. Like, we, we should be up in arms about this, but it's just... That's how good some of the Aussies are and some of those Asian tour players because if you look at the field and you're trying to pick a winner, you're going to go, personally, I think Kazuma Kabori is the way to go. He's, I mean, three of his last five tournaments he's won. The others, I think he finished a tie for third and a tie for 10th. The kid's in remarkable form. He's an absolute star of the future. Uh, He'll be in the DP World Tour by the end of the year and He's probably destined for the PGA Tour one day. You got Daniel Hillier, uh, you know, regular on the DP World Tour. He's the highest ranked player coming into the tournament. Ben Campbell, he's finished runner up twice. He's the local hope, the Queenstown. Everyone wants him to win. Uh, and then there's, of course, the feel good story of Michael Hendry, who uh, has been through a remarkable 12 months, who's uh, now looking in the all clear um, from his cancer treatment. Uh, uh, no leukemia showed up on his last biopsy. So, a real feel-good story. You'd love to see him win a second New Zealand Open. But with how many good Aussies, how many good Asian Tour players are in the field, even though, you know, they they may be lower ranked, with just the sheer number of those players there, and, you know, that's how golf works. You're only going to have one, one guy that has four days of his life and, and he wins the thing. Well, just like you, um, remarkably, Kazuma Kabori is off to a sluggish start. He's even through three. I can't believe I've given you the big wind-up. Professionalism personified, just fights through adversity, would have been up there for the ceremonial first tee-off, and you, you, you're, you've got the dust settling in your hotel room in Queenstown. Uh, unbelievable. I, I, wish I'd, I wish I had known. I, I almost, I'm almost kicking myself I, I should have known. Look, it was like I, ne- I neglected look, I- the form book. I could have faked it for you, mate, and, uh, you know, just been looking at the uh, scores on my phone and made a bit of wind <laughs> noise in the background, you know, so I think just a wee sou'westerly blowing down here on the uh, third hole of the Coronet course, Louis, where uh, I can tell you Kazuma's uh, just teed off into the rough, but it just wouldn't feel authentic. No, that's what we want, authenticity, Gord. So... Uh, you make you make a very good point around the way that this field has come together and the reason it's such a it's such an important event for a, a few different people for a, a number of reasons. Obviously, Ryan Fox isn't there, and no one's holding that against him. But I think for the last wee while, and I know you think about this stuff a lot because you love your golf. For the last eighteen months, it feels like it might be slightly longer than that. But we have seen the the level underneath the top guys. Ryan Fox, so I'm kind of thinking the Dan Hilliers down. We have seen um, some really, really good results across the different tours around the world, kind of bolstering our depth of professional golfers. And I think then you look at the younger crew, the Kazuma Kaboris, the Josh Bai, who I know is down there this weekend as well, um, that kind of Eisenhower Trophy team. There, there is a real depth that's starting to build, especially on the men's side of New Zealand golf, which you're going to see this weekend at this tournament, which is kind of um, really, really exciting because there's no reason we shouldn't be able, with our topography and the country's landscape, to have and have a number of um, PGA Tour-level golfers at any one time. So I think it's a really important and celebrated time for New Zealand golf. Absolutely, Louis. And, and I think 
you know, without completely getting ahead of ourselves, uh, we could be heading into a golden era. You know, you've seen it in the past, you know, where, where Australia's had a similar thing where they've had, you know, three or four guys that are in the top 50 in the world. Um, you, as you say, you've got your Kazuma Kaboris coming through, your Dan Hillier's, Joshua Byers, a great one, I think. Um, you know, what's he's 16, 17, looks destined for great things. And Cooper Moore's another one, a, a young 15-year-old out of Christchurch who um, is progressing really well. So, look, it would be great if in four, five, six years' time to have three or four regulars on, on the PGA Tour, which would be something we've never seen before. But I think the way things are tracking, there's no reason it can't happen. And, and it would be great for our golf, but the thing would be get those players back to the home open. We used to see it with, you know, your Turners and your your Michael Campbells, your Nobolos. Those guys would always come back. So we just need to find a way to to get Ryan Fox to, to give up a week off the PGA Tour to come back. I know they were actually looking at getting Danny Lee back for this one. And from all accounts, from what I've heard, if there wasn't a clash on the Live Tour, he was actually going to come and play at Millbrook this week. Wow, and I and I know and I know speaking to Mike Glading as well that um, Cam Smith was in that similar boat, and and he was a guy where um, he cut his teeth down here, and, and that's actually where he, he met his longtime caddy. I'm fairly sure I got the story right. Sam Pinfold, who's a Kiwi who has been on his bag ever since. They got paired up together at the New Zealand Open, and I know that these guys they think so highly of the Open. If they can make it work, they want to come back as you say, with Danny Lee. So, yeah, just a bit of finagling of the um, the calendar. It's it's just not really it's just not really in um, the, the sort, you know, glading in Hart's hands, is it? It's kind of at higher levels if it can kind of just fall into the right place. But uh, th- what those guys can control is the prize money. And am I right in thinking it goes up to $2 million, It's a $2 million purse this year, which is a, a kind of a record-breaking um, figure? Yeah, it's not a bad number, is it? Um, I'm sure whoever walks away the winner this weekend won't be complaining. Um, but you're right, it's just, as, as is the case with anything in New Zealand, it's, it's, it's sadly the logistics of getting here. Um, mm. Because for most tours on the world, we are you know, the, the opposite side of the globe. Yeah, that's exactly right, and it's the same with the tennis and everything. We kind of have to fit around the the the, uh, the schedule of the bigger events. Uh, Brett Coletta, who has been also on fire on that Australian Webex tour, uh, he is leading away. He's 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 gone two under to this point. Brady Watt, another. Oh, there's four Australians currently just right there. Denzel Iremia, he's one under, so he's going pretty good as well. Um, it, uh, and he's a, he's another talent who's just been right there for a long period of time. So we're very much in the early stages. They've only been playing for about an hour twenty. The early, um, the the guys that went out nice and early. So we'll keep an eye out for that, and we'll also keep an eye across Izzy Dag. He's he's had a couple of pretty average performances. Um, when he's when he's dabbled into the pro am sort of sphere, so hopefully uh, Daggy he can he can lift his performance and enhance his reputation a little bit this time around. I know he's taking it very seriously, so we'll keep an eye on that. Gord, I know you you've got you've got big stuff to uh, a big day to do with the golf, but uh, the you'll be probably keeping your eye across the cricket. I can imagine, or you might even have an earpod into SCNZ's uh, Test cricket commentary throughout the day. Where, where are you at mentally? Are you in you know just a a, re- a really sane place about this Test series? Or are you a little bit sketchy? Uh, my, my heart tells me, yes, we can do it. But my, um, the thing upstairs says, no, probably not. Um, 
funnily enough, uh, talking about the, the Pro-Am players, the likes of Izzy Dag, uh, my plan for the afternoon was actually just to uh, follow the group that Ricky Ponting's in. Um, I believe he's actually in Ash Barty's group as well. And uh, I imagine he probably you know, won't be checking his phone regularly. So I was just going to chirp him, um, you know, say the Aussies have put into that just, mate, 45 <laughs> for six, not looking good, which may not be the case. You know, the Aussies might be 150 without loss, but uh, Ponting won't know that. And look, all, all of the heartbreak that he gave me as a child growing up uh, could be put back on him this afternoon, I think. Well, you could do that. I mean, there's something you could definitely do there with Flem as well. You could be tracking, you could be giving them updates throughout the afternoon, trying to get a little bit of cricket commentary out of them. Um, yeah, the the cricketers love it down there. So, uh, Ian Botham, Beefy, he's he's been like a, a resident of the pro am. I, I, I feel like the he... man away. Can't keep the man <laughs> away. I've seen him uh, getting around on a uh, on a few golf carts uh, in the last couple of days. Um, I think he might be one of the few guys that actually gets around on those rather than walking the track. And I can I can tell you, it's it's definitely the way to go. Um, the John Daly you know, treatment. The, yeah, it is the John Daly treatment. You know, a man nicknamed Beefy, <laughs> you can understand um, why he might need that. Um, but you're right, the cricketers love it. They absolutely love it. I know, um, you know, R.I.P. Warney, he used to be a big fan of the NZ Open as well. Um but look, let's, let's hope that it's another kind of cricket that is is taking uh, our attention today. I think you've you've got to hope that we can put them in, and it's a base and wicket that, as it typically does, really yeah. does a lot, really yeah. does a lot. Um, because I think getting through that Aussie top order very early is the only way we can do it. We've got to knock them over really cheaply. Uh, in their first innings, and then even from there, it's it's, it's still no easy task. Uh, you, you're right, and it, they've had the covers on up until about half an hour ago because it's been drizzling in Wellington as it tends to do. So it would have been sweating. Um, we're going to need this toss. We are going to need this toss absolutely. So we'll we'll, we'll have uh, obviously a, a, either a high of emotion or a low of emotion at about twenty to eleven. You'll hear it on SCNZ. Live here, and Gord, before I let you crack on with your day, mate, um, there's a, apparently an absolute moral place bet this weekend at Wingatui. Oh, I'm very glad you uh, you brought that up, Louis. Yeah, um, old Justin Ace running in, uh, I believe the race is just called Spates. Uh, not even like the Spates, <laughs> you know, sprints or just literally Spates, uh, which is outstanding. Um, yeah, I so are you going to duck across? Hey, are you going to be able to duck across? I mean, it's it's two thirty, two twenty three oh, in no, the Arvo, I, so <laughs> it's it's too it's too much logistics. But the the one thing I am really glad about is uh, one of my good pals who um, has a share in Justin Ace as well. He's um, he's ducking up from uh, from Winton for the day to to join me at the golf. So we'll be there, probably phones out, screaming home just. Ace to hopefully run one better than second or third. I know you always place better and you always walk away with money, Louis, but um, I'm more of a on the nose man. You know, I think uh, place bets are for cowards. Um, so I'll be, I'll be on the nose again and probably regretting it when he limps in for a second or third, but uh, so he's playing this $2 is... for a place. Is that, is that still enough for you or is that getting a, a, a bit tight? This is, you are, you're giving me 
PTSD slash flashbacks to working with Baz. Always on the nose, never on the tail, and then always having a whinge on Monday morning when he's done his ass. So it's like you know that there is a thing called each way all day. You can have your you can have your twenty five on the four eighty. You can also have your twenty five on the two dollars, and then when he ru- and invariably runs third, you get your money back, and you got to have the thrill of it. So look, I'm just imparting wisdom. You uh, you do with that what you will, but good luck for Justin Ace, mate. And um, in all seriousness. Yesterday was a. It was a, Actually, it was a dark day for for New Zealand journalism and and just in the sporting space, the work that blokes like yourself, um, Ollie, Chappie, Gords, the, the plenty of guys that have, and women that have gone before you there at TV Three um, at News Hub, you guys are, are put together as good of a bulletin as we ever have had. So it's just I know everyone's said it a million times yesterday, but it, it was a real disgrace and um, I, I don't know what can happen, but. Uh, I think collectively we're kind of in agreement. Apart from there's a few cookers out there that were kind of taking enjoyment out of it, um, but I don't know how many people are listening to them. It was just a, it was a pretty sad day. So it's good to hear you keeping your chin up and you uh, managed to have a couple of those spates uh, yesterday, and you get to enjoy the golf this weekend because you do good work, mate. No, thanks, Louis. Really appreciate that. Um, yeah, look, I'm staying upbeat. Go, Justin Ace, on Saturday. And it's going to be a heck of a time at the 19th hole for the rest of the week. There you go. Gordon Finlater, News Hub, TV3, sports journalist, class, as always, talking New Zealand golf open down there in Queenstown. And a little bit of Wingatui racing mixed in with some cricket. Plenty, plenty going on uh, around New Zealand this weekend, including Test Cricket. Whoa, baby, Test Cricket getting underway from 11 o'clock, but the coverage starts from 10 o'clock here on SCNZ. Your texts are steaming in here. There are some rippers. Uh, a couple of people want me to talk about the Hastings track abandonment. Yeah, I, I had a feeling that this would come through, and I've kind of prepared a few thoughts on it because not really good enough. So we'll get to that before the end of this hour as well. We're going to talk a little bit of breakers with my man Finn and plenty more. You're listening to SENZ. You're listening to Mornings with Ian Smith, but Smithy, he'll be up after 10 o'clock. So don't go anywhere. I want to, anywhere. I want to talk to you on 0800 150 811. I've got a stack of texts, but you can call now. And on the other side of this, we'll come through and have a yarn. You listen to SENZ. Okay, now you are the voice at 26 minutes past nine o'clock. I have got half an hour to talk to you before we handball it down to the Basin Reserve, uh, a wonderful commentary team. I wonder if McCarty gets to lead off. I hope he does because he he understands how enormous this is for New Zealand sport and this, he understands how amazing this is of an opportunity for the Basin Reserve and Wellington to be able to host this test match against Australia Boy, I reckon this would be as anticipated as a test series. Ooh, I can recall. I mean, certainly since the last time Australia were here, because uh, that was Brendan McCullum's last test series. Uh, the, the the hundred he hit at Hagley was 
might have been Baz's 100th test at the Basin Reserve during that test series as well. There's a bit of synergy there because Tim Southey and Kane Williamson, I think this is test number 99, then they're going to play probably, touch wood, not 100 at Hagley. So they'll join Dan, Vittori, Flem, Ross Taylor, Baz as our only 100 tests. Black Caps? Maybe? I might be missing one there. Uh, someone will correct me. So there's a bit of synergy there since that last series Australia toured New Zealand. Um, man, there's a lot of excitement. 0800 If you want to talk about it, please. I want to talk to you about it. If not, I'm just going to get through your text messages, which is stacking up here. Very grey, somewhat chilly and overcast here in Wellington. Was raining earlier. Has been a great summer so far. Barely any rain. Let's hope we win the toss. Sweating balls under the covers, I'm sure. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Under the covers. Absolutely. Um, here's the thing. Win the toss bowl. Win the toss bowl. Have to take wickets. We cannot let them survive because I, I just, and obviously not being there in um, Wellington, I, I don't know, but I suspect, and it's been undercovers a lot, so there's going to be juice in it, but I suspect it will, at some stage during this test, maybe tomorrow, maybe even later today, be a relatively okay batting wicket. Um, that tends to be what kind of happens, doesn't it? So, you know, win the toss, bowl, take wickets. Lose the toss. I suspect Australia would bowl first. They love batting teams into the ground, though. But I suspect that, given the conditions and the weather, that they would bowl first, surely, wouldn't they? And then, dig in, you know? Can we protect Kane Williamson? Can can Will Young, who I assume will just step into breach and bat for Devin Conway and Tom Latham, can they survive the, the most part of that session? Or, or at least the first hour plus? Can we protect Kane Williamson and Ratch and Ravindra? That is, that is the key, is it, is it not, if we do get sent in? How much protection can we give Kane to allow him to be able to disparage the Australians by batting them into the ground? Because he will if he gets the opportunity. He just needs help. Morning, Louis. Rather nervous, read these two tests against Australia. New Zealand have the yips against Aussie and Australia know it. I think Will Young is a good thing opening in place of Conway. That left-right combo, I love it. I actually love it. I'm gutted Devin Conway's not there because we know his class, but honestly, like, let's not pretend we haven't had conversations about Devin Conway. Uh, 0800-150-811. Does Will Young open, by the way? Does Mitchell Santner play? Do you want to give me a call and answer that question? 0800-150-811. I hope Phillips is at, is at six, Blundell at seven. I would be surprised, Patrick, if Phillips plays if they don't keep him at seven. I really think they trust Tom Blundell, especially at home. I think he has got a lot of credence in that test side. Uh, Santner to bat at eight and take wickets. Yeah, I mean, gee, that'd be a that'd that. I mean, if we want to win this test series, that has to happen. Southie must bat at eleven. We need to hold all catches in the series. I believe Aussie will win 2-0, but we must at least try and put up a fight. Otherwise, the thought of touring Oz in two years' time is frightening Patrick and Ashburton. Yeah. Look, that's 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 uh, scarily accurate, isn't that? Isn't it? We have to put up a fight. This is kind of why I'm playing uh, mental gymnastics upstairs, because I'm kind of, like, we've seen this story, and I, I want to have all absolute... 
optimism possible that I can con- uh, that every single slice and ounce of optimism I can you know summon I want to but then Patrick says things like that I believe Aussie will win 2-0 but we must try and put up a fight otherwise the thought of touring Oz in two years is frightening exactly this is so important for so many black caps and New Zealand sports fans um, I know the team will be up for it how could you not be 0800 Are you up for it? Sitting in the tractor. Can't wait for the poetry from the commentary team, says Dermot. Okay. Good, Dermot. Stay right there. Don't move. Louis, I'm an Australian that has lived here for eight years and have been counting down the days for the Australians to return for test matches. I'm fizzing for this, but I think the Black Caps have every chance of a win. Let's go, Finn. Let's go, Finn. If the ball is moving and the NZ bowlers can put the pressure on the Aussie bats, the Australian bats have had a poor summer in Australia on Aussie wickets. So, send them in there in a green seamer, yeah? Okay. Kiwi seeming wickets are not great for Australian batsmen. Adam, you can stay. Adam, you can stay. 100%. Let's be honest. Labashane, when was the last time he impressed anyone? Travis Head is, is a bully, but Travis Head's not unbeatable. Mitch Marsh is a you know, a star a star player, but you know, he's we're not talking about an Australian great, are we? Steve Smith opening, susceptible to the, the swinging seeming bull. Cameron Green? Maybe there is an underbelly there. Good morning, lads. I'm not flushed with confidence on beating Australia. Man for man, they have the edge and the belief, and that's in their DNA. Hard to disagree. Also, regarding the breakers, what happens to Finn Delaney? He's been a shadow of him for myself for t- since he returned from Europe. Finn, our Finn, Finn James, care to comment? He's been underwhelming this season, Louis, I won't lie. Why? I'm not sure. I feel, he did struggle with injuries a little bit throughout the, uh, the season as well, like everyone else has, but... He had really good form in Europe, and he, he's returned, and he hasn't really looked like himself, unfortunately. Like He's been given the opportunities by Modi Mayor, but, I mean, last night he was pretty woeful. It's been a, it's been like that all season. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I kind of go back to the... I have flashbacks to the start of the season, Finn, when it was like everyone was buzzing because he was going to be a, like kind of the Kiwi leader. He was almost, in a way, taking the torch from Tom Abercrombie as kind of our star Kiwi player that was going to wear that breaker's singlet. And, um, yeah, it's been interesting because especially with all the injuries, you'd think it would have been a huge opportunity for him this year. And, and I know people talk about this a lot. Modi, he doesn't love playing Kiwis. He doesn't have heaps of them in his systems, does he? No, he really doesn't. He loves Isaiah Liafa, which is great. Um, but, yeah, no, he definitely relies on the imports and, you know, likes of Will McDowell-White and Mango Mathiang this year. Like, a lot of the Kiwis really haven't had a lot of play. But, I mean, he's doing the right thing, realistically. The Kiwis are the weaker sides in, in the side, unfortunately. But, yeah, I don't know what's happened to Finn Delaney. He used to be very good. I remember a few years back he averaged near 17 points a game for the Breakers. Did his little stint in Europe. Had a really, really good season over in Europe. He comes back. Every, yeah, like you said, everyone's really excited. He might take the torch from Abercrombie and, I don't know, maybe he got nervous. Mm. He's young enough. He'll come good, I'm, I'm sure. You stayed up last night and watched the Breakers. Um, all, by all, I haven't seen the game. I read about it this morning. I watched a couple of clips, a couple of highlights. Um, it just sounded like one of the incredible kind of dig in, win or go home, nah, we're not going home performances. Was it a buzz? 
Oh, against all odds, Louis, that they won that game. I couldn't even I couldn't actually believe it. <laughs> I was honestly in shock. I was messaging my brother late at night in bed watching this game. I couldn't actually believe what I'd just watched because Will McDowell-White's playing with a dislocated shoulder. Xylem cheating goes down at halftime with an apparent ankle injury. At that point at halftime, I was honestly going to call it quits and go to bed. As soon as I saw Xylem cheating go down, I was like, no, nah, we have no chance. And he comes back out in the second half limping, but he, he played the whole second half, basically. Like, he took a few breaks, obviously, here and there, but... Yeah, I don't know. Parker Jackson Cartwright probably had the game of the season. 34 points. It was honestly incredible. It just took the team on his back and did everything he could to win that game. It was simply remarkable. And did you see him after the game go straight to the broadcast bench and start <laughs> screaming at the broadcast crew? Like, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know what he was saying. I imagine he was saying something like, you didn't believe or I, I told you, you know, just classic chip on shoulder stuff. And the guy's about five foot four, so you kind of love to see it. I you, loved you love it. to I see loved it. it. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely okay. loved it. Well, they live on. Hey, when do they play next? So what, what does this mean? Do they get a series now? So No, they don't it? get a series yet. So they play in another playing tournament game against Illawarra Hawks in Illawarra, and that will be on Monday night, I believe. And then they would go to what, like the semifinal if they yeah, win that? Yeah, so if they beat Illawarra on Monday, then they will go on to play Melbourne United in a, uh, I believe, a five-game semifinal series. Okay, is it five games now? believe so, um, yeah. Okay, cool. All right, we'll, we'll follow that. Thank you, Finn. Morning, Louis. The best way to predict Kane is to let him do what he does best is to have openers that bat for a decent amount of time so he's not on the first few overs. Go the Black Caps. Hope we put up a good fight. Cheers, John. Totally agree, John. Incumbent on probably Will Young and definitely Tom Latham to protect their best player, our best player, and that is the recipe for us to win. Uh, what I might do is go away here. We might come back with a bit of Pat Cummins with Bharat. Um, we might do that. After we go away, um, I also want to talk a little bit about the Hastings track. So I have actually stuff it. Let's do it now. What we'll do, we'll do a t- hear from Pat Cummins with Barat Sandarason, who is part of our commentary team. We'll play that now. We'll go away, come back, and I want to talk a little bit of racing before we're done this morning. But it's important to understand the mind, get inside the mind of the enemy. And uh, yes, he is the enemy because he's an Australian cricketer today, but Pat Cummins, by all intents and purposes, is a, a ripping guy, and he's pretty hard to hate, so just from my perspective, I think he seems like a pretty sweet dude, and he's a hell of a cricketer, but he is captaining the Aussies. So, what's his mentality here in Wellington, and here in New Zealand, for this, um, yeah, let's call it a much-anticipated test series. Pat Cummins, uh, thank you as always, just for speaking this SEN and SENZ Test Cricket, um, just about playing Test Cricket in New Zealand, a new experience for you? Yeah, that's right. Never played here um, in Tests. Uh, I've never been to Wellington actually before this trip, but um, hopefully not too dissimilar to Australia. Uh, oh, first trip to Wellington, Nathan Lyons said he lost all his hair boarding into the wind. <laughs> <laughs> so just in different conditions, aren't they, over here? Yeah, the boys have warned me a little bit. Um, they reckon I'm just hanging on to my hair, so uh, it does get windy here. Um, which, you know, we've all played games in our life where you're bowling to the wind or a cross breeze or something, and it, it can be annoying at times, but you just got to deal with it. So, um, yeah, we've had a couple of interesting training sessions here with hats and glasses blowing across the field. Just about New Zealand, Pat, uh, you have a good record against them. Uh, it's an interesting kind of rivalry, isn't it? Like Trans-Tasman and all that, but very different to some of your other probably more high-profile rivalries. Yeah, it's, you know, it feels like... We're really similar, probably, you know, the two countries are more similar than we are with any other country in the world. Uh, we know a lot of the, 
their players really well. Um, you know, some some good mates in there. So uh, yeah, it's a it's, it's a somewhat friendly um, rivalry at times, but yeah, we always want one up on each other. It was very friendly the other day at the PM's reception. Uh, not just the things he said to you, but just overall, uh, what was that experience like? Oh, it was great. Yeah, we've we've felt incredibly welcome this trip. Um, yeah, you know, even the crowds have been quite nice. Um, so yeah, we've we've loved our tour so far, and um, yeah, it's pretty awesome to have the well, the PM invite us over and um, say some nice things about us. Uh, it's been nearly a month now since the, the Gabba test. Uh, Pat, you've said you're going in with the same 11. Like, um, what's that last month been? Yes, there have been some T20s and white ball cricket in between, but um, how is everyone? Like, what have they been working for? And just, just coming back from that Gabba test. Yeah, everyone's, everyone's great. Um, you know, I think, I say, you know, me in particular, it's been a really big year, so I was lucky enough to have, be rested from a couple of games. So I took the rest and... Um, yeah, went down to the beach and hung out and then uh, obviously come back here fully focused and um, most of the guys will be able to have a bit of a rest at some point. Um, so, yeah, it feels like everyone's coming here with no injury worries, everyone's relatively fresh and ready to give it a full crack. I mean, you're not used to losing test matches in Australia, right? So just um, on that, like, did it take a bit of, like, uh, overcoming in that sense uh, before, as you prepared for this series? Uh Look, I think if you if you play really well and you lose, um, that can be hard to stomach. I don't think we played great at the Gabba. Um, wasn't up to our standards, so sometimes that's a bit easier to move on from. Um, you look back, you you look at you know a few things you could have done better, but overall we were outplayed. So um, we know that's not us at our best. So we've got to try and find a way to get back to our best. Uh, and in contrast to 2023, you play these two tests, and I mean you have the IPL as a T20 worker, but test-wise, it's a pretty lean here. So, um, how are you looking at these two test matches? Like, you know, putting that into context. I mean, for the World Test Championship, it's it's huge. Um, you only get um, you know six series. This is one of them. So uh, I think we're third on the ladder. So you know, if we have a good series here, it's, it's obviously huge. Um, I think from a from a management point of view, it's um, yeah, you put everything into these two test matches knowing that there's a fair break after this. So, um, yeah, certainly won't be resting players, won't be holding any players back. It's uh, it's full steam ahead. Uh, and just on uh, the, this New Zealand team, um, as opponents, I mean, there are guys you know really well, like you said, but there are a few new names that you haven't encountered a lot of before. Yeah, that's right. A couple of the guys we've only played in white ball cricket. So, um, yeah, do a little bit of research and... Um, yeah, have, have a bit of a look at how they go about it. Um, but yeah, sometimes it's actually nice as well going to a test match where you've got to try and problem solve on the fly. Awesome, Pat Cummins. Take care of your hair and good luck in Wellington. Thank you. I might be after some of yours. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, Barra with Pat Cummins. Um, nice relationship they've got and you, you gleaned a lot from that interview with Pat. It means a lot to them to be here and um, I've just seen, a, I've seen some photos from Adam Collins and Dan McCarty of the... Basin pitch, it is green, it's not Kermit, it's green though, very green. Um, they've had the covers on up until only about an hour ago really, so the start time should be at 11am, but it's a very wet morning in Wellington, so maybe they'd have to clean up the uh, the outfield a bit as well, dry up the outfield. Uh, Adam Collins points out, no captain has batted first upon winning the toss at the Basin since 2010. Yeah, you'd be you'd be 
probably shocked if either captain didn't bowl first, wouldn't you? Anywho, we'll come back after this. I want to talk about Hastings yesterday. I want to talk a little bit about the racing situation we've got this weekend on SENZ. So don't go anywhere. 17 minutes away from 10. Back with some of your texts and a little bit of racing after this. Alrighty, here we go. 12 minutes away from 10, and I think it's important that we have a chat about this because yesterday uh, we had a very, very disappointing situation unfold at Hastings Racetrack. We get, uh, what do we get? Halfway through the meet, I believe it was, and um, a downpour of rain hits, and pretty, we got exactly halfway through the meet. Um and basically, there's a, a patch down the back um, that had a bit of longer grass by the sounds of things, about the 900 metre mark, which was pretty concerning. And I've spoken to a couple of people this morning. The jockeys have gone out to have a look. Pretty much we're racing on a good three at this stage. I actually think it was upgraded to a good three for race four. Let's have a look. I can tell you that exactly. It was. Um and basically, or it might have even been upgraded for a good three by race three. And basically, we're getting a situation where there's a heavy downpour on a on a you know a, a airport tarmac, and it's become unusable. The jockeys have gone out now; they don't want to race because their safety is paramount. A text has come through and said, "I have to say, it's a shame Hastings is abandoned and all sort for this sort of thing happening." But in saying that, we do need to look after the jockeys and the horses. We don't need any un- many more unavoidable accidents for being proactive for a good thing. Hard surface and rain doesn't make for a safe workplace. Um, correct, Phil. So, I don't have a problem that the jockeys have decided not to race at all because they know they are the professionals. And it sounds like talking to a couple of people this morning that aren't jockeys, it was a fair enough call. Cool. What is unacceptable is the fact that this is still happening, especially at tra- at Hastings, which sounds like is is getting to the it's it's starting to kind of verge on basket case material Hastings, which is a shame because it's a it should be a hub for our racing. I mean they have one of the best carnivals there to start the racing calendar for Group One racing. Um, trainers, especially in yesterday's scenario where we have a Group 2 Little Avondale Lowland Stakes, one of the key, one of the key lead-up races for one of our classics in the Oaks. And horses like Harlow Rocks, I'm just, I'm just cherry-picking here, Sudbina, inspired by Art, uh, Wren, um, you know, these are just the horses that have come get down from up north. Um, have to get back in the float, and we're talking fillies here, and go all the way home and miss a key lead-up to an Oaks, which trainers and connections and owners plot for months and months, if not years out, on breeding. And and I'm not saying that these fillies can't now go on and win the Oaks, but I'm saying that these trainers shouldn't have to readjust. Um, it shouldn't happen in the first place. And that's just the ones coming from north. There's there's trainers that have come from Otaki, from uh, Whanganui, from New Plymouth. And I just, I would be ropeable if I was them. I would, I would actually be so angry yesterday afternoon. So my understanding is the track manager there at Hastings is, is also the track manager that, that kind of oversees the central districts. Or, or that might not be exactly right, but 
I know Richard Fenwick's been doing this for a very long time. This isn't about Richard necessarily. There's a system that, and, and NZTR have, have tried to get to the bottom of this and tried to implement different processes, but it's just not working. Um, and, and look, I don't, every time there's abandonment, you don't hear me get on the radio and have a crack because I, I, I'm not going to, you know, there, there's a certain amount of rope that needs to be given here. And, and I know that Bruce and, and Darren and their NZTR, they are, they are working so hard. But whatever is, you know, whatever is the, the solutions that have been mooted, they're not happening fast enough to the point that, you know, I've read that Tony Pike, was to, he wants a meeting with NZTR. Fair enough. A, a ve- eventually, there has to be accountability. And there have been slices of accountability since this was really bad a couple of years ago, but at the moment, it's still not good enough. Now, the last thing I'll say on this, the reason it's so shocking is because two nights ago, we had a hoopla in one of the great nights for New Zealand thoroughbred racing. At the NZB slot race, and, and um, well, auction, slot auction, and we sung from the top of our lungs about how great our industry is. And that's great. And I'm so proud of where the, the thoroughbred game has got to. But you can't have that and then two days later have this and not say anything. No press release. And I understand that it takes time to figure out where these races are going and these patterns committees have to be checked in on and that sort of thing. But we have to front foot this stuff. We have to front foot this stuff. You can't have it both. You can't have it one way and not the other way. Because that then means you go missing. And that's just me. And it's a rant.